There is so much noise when a person goes to buy a property. You're getting advice from friends, family, even your realtor and mortgage broker are going to tell you things and you might say to yourself, are they saying this just to make sure the sale goes through? Well, this week on the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast, we are sitting down with Josh Buchanan, a real estate analyst, to go through the four stats that you should not listen to and the four stats you should really pay attention to if you wanna have a good understanding of the current real estate market. Hope you enjoy. This is the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. This is the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast, your home for all things Saskatchewan, all things real estate. Really great channel if you're a first time home buyer or looking for that very first investment property. Lots of great stats on what's happening in Saskatchewan. If you're looking for more content like this, make sure to like and subscribe this video and check out some more videos we have on the channel and audio podcast. This week, to start off the year, we are bringing a past guest who I really like to do this because at the beginning of the year, I'm getting so many questions about people asking about interest rates, where prices are going, and a lot of analytical stuff. And I think one of our most analytical guests from last year was Josh Buchanan. So we'll throw it back to you, Josh. Thanks so much for coming back on the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. Thanks for having me back, Ron. Happy to be here. For anyone who didn't catch that first podcast, just give us a brief overview of yourself, your connection to real estate, and a little bit of what you do outside of that as well. Sure. Yeah. So I've always been interested in real estate. After university, I was working in it doing property management, mostly residential property. And I was starting to really track the market and kind of take a look at what was going on. I studied economics in university, so my, my brain is very much wired that way. And I saw things starting to shift in the market. So I actually started writing about it and blogging about it and been doing that ever since. So I've had this Saskatoon real estate economics blog for uh, over eight years now. But that's more of just a hobby. What I do for work actually is I'm a business management consultant. So I help people start businesses, grow or improve existing businesses. And that's really my main focus. So you're going to help us today. And this was actually your idea, Josh, four stats that are good to watch and four stats that are not so good, or maybe we shouldn't pay as much attention to. And so just before we get into this, I wanted to ask you a question because you're involved in real estate, you're connected to a lot of realtors. Give me an overview, Josh. What's like the most popular question that you get as a person who has their finger on the pulse of real estate? I think people are just wondering, like, what is the state of the market? You know, is it a good time to buy? Is it not? That's kind of the general feeling with with people, I think. So everyone always wants that hot stock tip and is now a good time to buy. So let's let's start working into it, Josh, here. And I, I really like the way you kind of phrase these because I think it gives people a way to view the market that they can actually take some of the stats that they're getting and determine whether this is good information or bad information and help people make an informed decision. So let's start it off. We'll go through the stats that people should not pay as much attention to when we're talking about the real estate market. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, people see headlines and sometimes headlines can be misleading. But so I have my list here. Um, the first one is month over month statistics. So comparing January to December or February to January, typically that's not a good metric to use. Uh, you know, think for example, Ron, if I walked up to you and I said, hey, Ron, did you know that last June was warmer than last May? And this December was colder than November? Like, how would you respond to that? Yeah, that, and the sun comes up in the morning and yeah. I... It, it's not like, it's not 
useful information. Like we know that, right? Like June is always warmer than May. December is always colder than November. It's not a useful stat to give. And likewise with real estate, at least in Saskatchewan, it's very seasonal. It's as seasonal as the temperatures, you know, the slowest months, uh, January, December, February, you know, it's the market is really cold. And then it starts to heat up in the spring months, and then it peaks and it stays steady for the summer months. And then it starts to cool off uh, in the fall months. So comparing consecutive months is not a useful stat. It, it, it sounds exactly like I said with the weather example. So I would never really use that um, as a statistic to look at because it changes so much month to month and it has that seasonal trend. And really important as we kind of head into the spring market. And if you hear someone comparing what the winter months were and things were getting busy, like this is something that always takes place and not necessarily something that's controlled by outside factors. Yeah, exactly. Very much in alignment with the weather we have in Saskatchewan. Okay, awesome. What do we have at number two, Josh? Number two is Canada-wide statistics. And those are what will make like national headlines, you know, um, sales fell by 20% in December or whatever. So careful with that, that they're not just looking at December compared to, compared to November, because that was number one, that's not a good stat to use. But if they're looking Canada wide, that's not useful for Saskatchewan. We, we kind of live in a bubble. And plus Saskatchewan is so small, right? Like the greater Toronto uh, area is what, 5 million people, it's like five times the population of Saskatchewan. So if someone's looking at what's happening in Canada as a whole, and then trying to say that that's probably what hap is, is happening in Saskatchewan, that's probably not going to be the case and really not useful to look at. You very much have to look locally. And sometimes it can be as specific as a certain neighborhood in a certain city. So I would not pay attention to um, national statistics or statistics for the bigger cities for the most part. They're just not that relevant to us. Yeah, I, I don't have much more to add on to that other than that's exactly what you should not do. Like if you read a headline about real estate prices falling, but then they're only taking data from Toronto and Vancouver. It just doesn't tell the picture of what's happening in a local market. And you could extrapolate that even within Saskatchewan, that we have markets of Saskatoon and Regina and, and everything can get quite niche when we're talking, talking about those things. Yeah. And I think recently sales have actually slowed down in some of the bigger centers like Toronto, Vancouver. They haven't in Saskatchewan, like Saskatoon specifically just had the second busiest year ever for sales. So that would be a misleading stat. Not that it's misleading in itself, but if you're applying that national stat to Saskatoon or Regina, it wouldn't be accurate. Yeah. Great one. All right. What do we have at number three, Josh? Number three is average sales price. So this is just taking, you know, homes that sold for the last year or the last 30 days or whatever, and averaging out the sales price and then using that to get a gauge of home values. That's not a good metric to use. Think for example, if you had like a shoe store and in August you sold a bunch of sandals and they were $40 per pair. And then in um, you know September you're selling you know sporting shoes, back to school shoes, and those are like $100 a pair. And then October it's maybe dress shoes that are $120 on average a pair. And then November, you're selling all your winter boots for $150. It would look like average sales price is going up a lot. When in reality, we have no idea if it is because you're selling a different type of product every month. Maybe shoe prices were actually going down. So the same thing with real estate. You can't just look at average sales price because maybe one month, um, a bunch of large homes were being sold, new homes, mansions, whatever. And then the next month, it just so happened that there were more small apartments and townhouses townhouses and stuff like that. So 
to just look at the average doesn't really tell you what's happening with home values. Um, you really need to look at a different stat for that. I mean, average price can be useful and it, typically it does trend in the same direction as home values, but it's a separate metric and you'll have to be careful with looking at that as well. Mm -hmm. Slight nuance and you have to read a little deeper into the numbers as opposed to just taking that average and saying, this is where we are. Yeah, you can't just say, oh, average uh, sales price is going up, therefore home values are going up because maybe there's just a bunch of new homes on the market that are selling and new homes typically go for a premium. And so maybe that's dragging up the average price of sales, but it's not actually dragging up the value of homes, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And if we could take this a little farther, Josh, at what point does also the narrative around these things also influence buyers? So if you have a realtor who is saying, average prices are going up. So now we can just expect to pay more. Does that also influence buyers mindset and their willingness to pay for more? I think it can. And I think it depends on the person because maybe if some people hear prices are going up, it kind of scares them away. And they just think like, oh, it was already tough enough to buy. Now I really can't buy or I don't want to pay this premium. Whereas for other people, they're like, oh, maybe I need to buy now because if I don't buy now, prices are going to keep going up. So I think it will depend on the particular individual, but definitely can influence uh, the mindset of a prospective buyer. Okay. At number four, the last one on our list of things to not pay as much attention to, or maybe dig a little deeper when we hear something like a, a stat from that area. Yeah. Number four is average days to sell, to sell a listing or average days on the market. So in theory, it sounds good because if I say, you know, the average days on the market is 40, people are going to think that it's going to take 40 days on average to sell their home. The thing is that's average days to sell a listing and a listing and a home are not the same thing. A home could be listed 10 times before it sells. So in theory, the statistic would be really good, but the way it's set up, it's, it's really not like it does still have some useful applications, but think for example, if I wanted to sell my car and I posted it on Facebook marketplace, January 1st for $10,000, didn't get any responses. So I took it down, deleted the ad. And then I put it up February 1st for $8,000. Same thing, no responses. So March 1st, I put it uh, back on Facebook Marketplace for $5,000. And I got a call the first day, sold it the first day for my asking price. And then I go and say, hey, I sold my car within one day of listing it for full asking price. You know, I, that's true for the listing, but not for the vehicle. And that's the way real estate works. So in reality, it took me over two months and I got half of what I was asking. But I could say, I just listed it yesterday or today and sold it for my asking price. So that's what happens. You know, homes will be listed once and then they'll, they'll be on the market for 30 days or 90 days and then they'll be taken down, reposted at a lower price. So I, I'm not necessarily trying to criticize this metric because it, it can be useful and there's no easy solution to fix that because that is fair. You know, sometimes people just cancel their listings and, you know, maybe for the Christmas break, they don't want to try selling their property. So they list it a month later. So there's no easy solution to fix this. You just have to be mindful that average days to sell a listing is not average days to sell a home. I would say where this stat is actually useful is maybe just looking at trends over time, you know, like a, a slow year where there's excess inventory will take longer to sell um, than a faster year where there's a lack of inventory, even if that that days on the market number is not a true reflection of how many days your home is going to be on the market to sell on average. 
And this is so important if you're watching the real estate, real estate market very closely. I know when we were looking for a home in Martinsville, there was a few properties. They'd been on the market for a long time. And we're talking about like two months. And then all of a sudden, hey, a new listing has popped up. But it's actually just the relisting of, of one of these homes. And so what it can also tell you as a, someone who's entering into that situation is, you know, this person still has the property on the market, but it's still been listed for this amount of time. And if you're closely watching the MLS, you can sometimes find that a, a new property, even though it's been newly listed, you can still get a discount where in a lot of cases in a market where it's very tight, you might have to pay close to asking price. But if you're kind of following certain properties and you know they've been listed for a really long time, you can still potentially get a discount, even though it's just been listed and you want to be one of the first buyers in there. Yeah, it can give you better bargaining power if you know that it's been listed a few times rather than, you know, if it's the first day it was listed, the sellers aren't going to be willing to negotiate much. Do you know, Josh, is that something that realtors have access to? Do they know if a property has been relisted multiple times? Is that disclosed? And how carefully should your realtor be watching for something like that? Good question. Yeah, if it's been publicly listed, they can find that information. So that's a question I would ask, you know, if you're working with a realtor, representing you as a buyer's agent, I would ask them, go look that up, see if that home has been listed before. You know, maybe it was listed two times for, you know, 45 days each time. And, and so that's a totally different situation than if that home was just listed for the very first time a week ago. And yeah, that is that is available. You can see that information. You can also see um, the prices. What was the original list price and has that changed? And that's something that can only be accessed through that backend database that real estate agents have access to. And one of the benefits of using a buyer's agent and maybe instead of using just the listing agent as well, because they're obviously um, hoping the property is going to move quickly and they can sell it for this person who's probably been waiting for them to move on from it. Where if you have a buyer's agent who's working on your behalf, they're maybe going to be a little bit more aggressive to say, hey, buddy, I know this property has been on for 90 days. You know, you're a little too firm on your price. Yeah. And you can be misleading without lying. You could say, you know what, I'm, I'm selling this property. It's only been listed for a week. Yeah. Maybe you guys took it down off the market for three weeks during Christmas and it was actually listed for 60 days before that. So, you know, working with a, a buyer's agent representing you that can do that research for you can be valuable. I love that. Okay. Let's move on to the four stats that we should pay attention to uh, when we're chatting about real estate, Josh. So what do we have at the first one? Okay, sure. The first one, this one kind of ties back to the first bad one. This one is year over year statistics. So as I said, it's not good to compare December to November or uh, June to May. It is good to compare this December to last December and this June to last June because of that seasonality. So likewise with weather, if I said, hey, Ron, this past December, the average daytime high was 10 degrees higher than last December. That's actually useful. That's interesting, right? That that tells me something. Or if I said, you know, last June was daytime high was five degrees lower than the five-year average for June. That tells me something. So those stats are actually useful because of the seasonality. That's what you want to compare. So if you're looking at sales for the month or listings for the month, or even the standing inventory, which is also very seasonal, you want to compare that year over year to the same month. Yeah, I really like that because then you're also getting the direct comparison of what you potentially should be comparing it to. And then if we're taking all of these factors into play, like the economy, real estate, housing inventory, we can kind of see as a full picture, you know, over a long period of time, how have those things affected those different price ranges to see, 
you know, maybe we're a little bit higher or a little bit lower. But I, I really like that comparison of apples to apples as opposed to apples to bananas. Yeah, exactly. And actually, this past August, August 2023, was the busiest August ever for sales in Saskatoon. So, you know, something like that is an interesting statistic. Whereas if I say August was busier than May, whatever that happens every year, that's not worth even talking about. Right. And, and this really helps to inform a decision that if you're a buyer who's sitting on the market and you're saying, well, I'm going to wait until interest rates come down, even with these higher interest rates, if we're still seeing a lot of demand in the market, then there's obviously something else going on other than just interest rates are, are tamping down demand. There are other factors at play that, that borrowers, agents, brokers all have to pay attention to, to, to see kind of where the market is going. Definitely. Okay. On to number two, Josh. Okay, number two is sales to listings ratio. So this is, you know, for a given time period, typically for a month or a year, the, the ratio of sales, recent sales to recent listings. So for example, if in the month of December, there was 100 sales uh, that were completed within the month and 200 new listings, then that ratio is 0 0.5. And that, that metric, that statistic is useful because it's showing flow of the market. You know, how many homes are being sold relative to new listings? Because if that ratio is too high, like 0 0.8 or 0 0.9, then you're not going to be able to pile up inventory and the market's going to become undersupplied. Whereas if that ratio is too low, like let's say, for example, if it's 0.2 or 0.3, then not enough homes are being sold relative to how much uh, new listings are coming on the market. And then inventory, the standing inventory is going to pile up and that's where you're, you're going to run into an oversupply of housing. So for example, right now in Saskatoon, we have a lack of inventory. So we probably actually want a low ratio so that some of the listings are piling up to give us some more inventory because that's such an issue right now, lack of inventory. And so what, do you have specific stats on that side, Josh, of, of where we are kind of sitting in this, uh, this moment? As of recording, it's January 22nd. Yeah, I track that pretty closely. I do like a month in review every month. Uh, we've been having really high ro ratios lately. Like I think for December, it was like 0 0.8 or 0 0.9 or something really high. So with that, like the balance stat would be about 0 0.5. So you want uh, sales to be about half the number of new listings for a given period of time. But because we have that low inventory right now, it would be better to have a low ratio like 0 0.3. But yeah, for the last few months, December, November, it was well above 0 0.5. So it's not good for uh, at least those people that are hoping inventory piles up a little bit. And the last time we had the discussion, I believe it was summer of last year, 2023. And at that time, we had a shortage of listings. We were, we were behind on where we needed to be. And so as we continue this trend, it seems like we're not seeing a lot of improvement on the side of getting more houses on the market. Yeah, exactly. There's just a lack of inventory right now, pretty much province-wide, especially in Saskatoon that I track closely. Like, There's just too many sales relative to the standing inventory. Um, both just based on those ratios, but al also based on historical averages. Like we're seeing sales that are uh, stronger than what we're used to seeing and inventory that's way lower than what we're used to see seeing. Like even six years ago, inventory was like double what it is now. So market conditions have changed quite a bit in five or six years. 
very, very tight. I heard a, uh, an interesting stat. I'm not sure if it's 100% true, but uh, a realtor friend of mine told me that there are more active real estate agents in Saskatoon than there are active listings available. So one listing per, per realtor. So it means there's a lot of hungry realtors out there who are either trying to get something on the market or there's a lot of competition for stock that is there. Yeah, that's that's totally true. And um, keep in mind too, that some of those registered agents are more commercial agents. Uh, they're not necessarily dealing in, in uh, residential. And what's interesting right now too, is that um, there's a new rule where you can now uh, mark that your listing is a conditional sale so in saskatoon if we were to look at active sales or active listings right now that don't have a conditional sale on them it's i think it's like 600 500 so it's definitely lower than the number of active realtors and actually that's one thing that i've heard is that some realtors right now feel like the market is slow it's not it's very busy like 2023 was the second busiest year ever in the province of saskatchewan uh, sorry for the city of saskatoon but some realtors might feel like it's slow because they have such um you know few listings compared to past years where three years ago there was much more listings and uh, far fewer realtors your average realtor had like three listings at a time and now they're lucky to have one more competition for for those properties yeah exactly yeah just not many listings and, and lots of real estate agents so it's competitive in that regard too so if, if you don't if you're not a listing agent with a lot of listings it's probably going to feel slow uh, on to our, our next stat josh where where are we on the list here number three for good stats so this one has to do with pricing i talked about average sales price so this one is a useful metric for measuring home values which is the home price index benchmark price so i'm sure a lot of people haven't heard of that before home price index it's kind of like consumer price index so i'm sure everyone's familiar with inflation these days you know especially because it's been such a, a, a big topic they measure inflation using the consumer price index, which takes like a bundle of different consumer goods and tracks the price over time to determine if they're going up. The home price index is kind of uh, a copy of that for home values. So what they try to do with that is take a very specific type of home and track its sales price over time. Kind of like with the shoe example, it's not fair to compare sandals to, you know, basketball shoes or volleyball shoes compared to dress shoes compared to winter boots you want to compare sandals to sandals and dress shoes to dress shoes so that's what this home price index benchmark value does it compares you know a detached house built in 1990 with a thousand square feet and three bedrooms two bathrooms like something with very specific criteria and then tracks that over time to see what the sales prices are for that. So that's a, uh, a much better metric for determining the actual value of homes and which direction they're heading in. Mm -hmm. Very helpful as a borrower to be able to have those comparisons to say, where, where should we be on the prices here? Yeah, just, you know, it does track specific properties. So maybe the property you want to buy or sell isn't super similar to the ones being tracked by the home price index benchmark value. But at least you can kind of see what's trending in that market. You know, if you own an apartment and you're trying to sell that apartment style condo, you can see that uh, the HPI one has gone up 10% over the course of the last year. That's probably a good indicator that yours has at least gone up a little bit, you know. So it, it is a good uh, reference point, I think, for determining home values as opposed to sales prices. Where would your average person get that information, Josh? Is it something available through realtors? Is it something they could find on the MLS? Where would I be able to get that info if I was someone who is actively trying to list my property or purchase? Good question. Um, there's a few places you can find that. 
the uh, Canada Real Estate Association, CREA, has that on their website. So you can go on there and track it and you can break that down by province and city and home type. I think the Saskatchewan Realtors Association has that as well. You could ask your realtor to uh, look into that. I, some of them don't seem to be that familiar with it, but you can you can always ask. And then even on my blog, that's what I use for my um, home value metrics. So every month when I do my monthly updates, I will have just like the composite value for Saskatoon. And, you know, if someone really wanted, if they wanted to ask me a, a more specific question, they could always just reach out and I can uh, provide that data for them or show them where to look for it. You're going to have dozens of people now who are going to reach out to you and give you the inside track, Josh. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, this is this is a hobby for me. I like doing this stuff, so. Awesome. And the last stat that we should be really paying attention to if we're trying to follow the market and, and use statistics that are really helpful. So the last one, and I would say this is the most useful for determining the actual state of the market, is what's called the months of inventory ratio. So this is a ratio that's easy to calculate and anyone can do it. You don't need access to the backend database. All you have to do is divide current standing inventory by sales for the last 30 days. So for example, if in your city, there's currently 1000 units for sale on the market, and for the last month or the last 30 day period, you had 250 sales, then 1000 units divided by 250 sales is four. So your months of inventory ratio is four. And four is actually the sweet spot. That's where the market is really balanced. And if if you have that ratio, then prices probably aren't going to be going up or down. You know, there's just enough inventory to satisfy demand without bidding wars, without homes staying on the market for a really long time. Whereas if that ratio is too high, then there's too many uh, homes available compared to sales and homes are going to stay on the market for a long time and prices are going to come down, which is what we saw like 2015 to 2019. Whereas on the other hand, if that ratio is below four months, like if it's two months, which is kind of what we've been seeing the last few year years here, then you don't have enough inventory relative to sales. When that happens, you start having bidding wars, people bidding up prices, um, you know, and, and that ultimately drives up prices. So that's the most important indicator. And this months of in inventory ratio is very much um, the measure of right now. That's stock, whereas that other sales to listings ratio is the measure of flow. So flow is going to tell us where the market could be headed. That stock, the months of inventory ratio tells us where it's at right now. And so that's the metric and the statistic that I rely on the most to determine the state of the market. Is it oversupplied? and therefore a buyer's market or is it undersupplied and therefore a seller's market and that is extremely accurate in terms of determining where prices are going to go like in the decades that i've analyzed home prices at least in saskatoon there's almost no exception to that rule if your market is oversupplied prices go down if they're undersupplied prices go up the only exception i've seen was actually like a year ago when we had what was it like um 10 interest rate increases in 16 months or whatever. And that just um, kind of hurt consumer demand and perspective and psychology of consumers. And so prices and home values did drop a little bit, but they bounced back. So outside of that, or maybe some pandemic related stuff, it's, it's a very true indicator of the state of the market and therefore how prices are going to behave, or I should say values are going to behave. Mm -hmm. and, and where are we currently, Josh, on that metric in Saskatoon? It's been low. Uh, 2023 had a low ratio. Like I think the average um, for 2023 was around three or so. And there were plenty of months where it was two something. So we're not balanced yet. 
And it's kind of crazy because, you know, back in 2015 to 2019, we had oversupply. Like there were months where it was like eight or nine months of inventory. And now lately it's been like two or three. So it's over time, like a 10 year average, we've had a balanced market, but we really haven't had like an individual year since 2014 where the market was actually balanced. And that's why you see, you know, home values were dropping four years in a row consecutively. And now they've been going up since 2020, just because of that supply and demand ratio. And this is also going to inform consumers' opinions. So if you ever talk to your uncle and he says, never buy a house, it's a horrible investment because back in 2014 when I bought, maybe he saw values drop after he bought after the high. Whereas if you've had someone who's entered the market in, let's say, 2020, maybe they've seen nice price appreciation because over that time we've had a lack of supply. And so maybe even taking those metrics and instead of viewing it as buying real estate good, buying real estate bad, you can really dive into what are the numbers telling us? And, and as you're saying, make it inform the, the decision on the purchase and, and whether it's the right time for you. Absolutely. And it's been a bit of a roller coaster. And that's what I track very closely. Like if someone bought an apartment style condo in 2014, it lost value. Whereas if they bought a detached house in 2019, it's gone up in value. It's just, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but it's actually fairly easy to uh, predict where things are going to go. Of course, you can't really predict the interest rates and the pandemic stuff, but otherwise, like it's, it is pretty predictable. I was telling people don't buy apartment style condos in 2014 and 2015. They're oversupplied. They're becoming more oversupplied. Sales numbers are falling. There's tons of construction. You're going, going to get burned. And that was like my third blog post or one of the first ones I wrote is like why apartment style condos are going to get hammered and they did like some of them lost 40 percent of their market value because those ratios were so high and so moving forward last question to you josh on this is do you have any price predictions or do you have any predictions that you're kind of letting your friends and family know at this time of the the real estate market I liked making predictions in 2015 and 2016 when it was kind of like just the painting was or the writing was on the wall that we were kind of screwed and, and prices were going to drop. I found in recent years, it's a little bit more difficult, you know, especially with um, the lockdowns and restrictions and um, interest rate hikes and stuff like that, that can throw things off. But as of right now, at least in Saskatoon, and I think it's similar in other uh, cities and municipalities in the province, there's a lack of supply of housing relative to um, sales. And population is growing so much. So I don't see that changing quickly. It's hard to change inventory quickly. It takes a long time to build. Or the only way to otherwise increase inventory is if a bunch of people move away or something, right? So that's not something that can be changed quickly. So, you know, my thought for 2024 is I don't see a huge change coming. Like, I think it's still going to be a competitive market. Uh, you know, sales might even pick up a little bit if uh, population growth continues and if interest rates are staying flat or even if there's some interest rate cuts. So I'm not expecting anything crazy in, in 2024 compared to last year. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much for all that great information, Josh. Like as you're talking, I'm like, that's totally true. That's totally true. There's just this confirmation of, you know, if you're following the right metrics, it usually finds you as close to the truth as you can get. And Predictions are incredibly tough because there are things that can happen. Things change. The economy can move. You know, tomorrow we might say we're going to change the agriculture industry in Saskatchewan. And that might be a political thing, but that could have a massive effect on how jobs and different things are laid out. But if you can kind of determine what the metrics are 
to use to see those fluctuations, you can kind of make your your, your own best prediction on, on where these things are going. So I think this episode chatting about the four things to really pay attention to and maybe the things to not pay attention to as much, really important at a time where there is a lot of information out there. And I think you did a really good job breaking that down. Before you leave us, Josh, I want to uh, have you give us a little uh, plug for yourself. Let us know about your blog, your business, and how can people help you? Sure. Yeah. So if you're interested in the real estate content, uh, especially for Saskatoon, you can just find my blog. Just do a Google search, Saskatoon Real Estate Economics blog, or a website is saskatooneconomics.ca. And I post regularly. I do at least uh, one post per month, sometimes you know three or four in January. I have quite a few already. So lots of content there that's useful. And again, the real estate stuff, that's just a hobby of mine that I you know, kind of just track for fun. And I do uh, monthly presentations for a couple of brokerages here in the city. But as you were just saying, like, it's, it's nice for me to analyze these, these statistics and share them with mortgage brokers and with real estate agents. It helps to paint, it helps to paint a better picture for them. And then they tell me what they're actually seeing in the field. And it kind of validates my statistics, which is really interesting. Um, but as I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, that, that's not what I do for work, just a hobby. I am a business management consultant. So I very much focus on helping people start their businesses right from the very beginning. Um, you know, figuring out all those important steps to start a real legitimate business, you know, even helping them write a business plan if necessary. And then also helping existing businesses grow or improve their profitability or things like that. And if people are interested in that, and it's, it seems like there's a ton of interest in that, on that topic. I do some uh, seminars on how to start your own business in Saskatchewan, and there's always lots of people signing up. So if you want to learn more about that, uh, you can visit my website, which is magnaltus.com, M-A-G-N-A-L-T-U-S. And then also I've been recently posting on YouTube, making a bunch of different videos on business management and startup topics. So if people want to learn about that, they can check out my YouTube channel. It's Magnaltis Consulting uh, on YouTube. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Josh. Everyone, if you're in business or if you're in real estate, Josh's stuff is excellent. As you can kind of see, you're a really analytical, smart guy. So it's uh, you're a wonderful credit to the Saskatoon real estate and business community. So thanks again for coming on the podcast here, Josh. I'm really hoping we can snag you again later on down the year for a little bit of an update. Definitely. I'd be happy to come back. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. If you liked this episode, if you found some value, make sure to like and subscribe so you never miss our future videos. If you're currently in the market for a mortgage in Saskatchewan, whether you're a first-time homebuyer, first-time investor, I'd love to help you with your next purchase, renewal, or refinance. Until next week, I'm Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. Bye for now.